Good morning. It's August the 9th and we have been separated from our normal assembly for two Sundays now and I'd like to begin uh, by making mention of a few prayer requests. As you know, Jimmy and Barbara Turner have been sick as well as myself and Bethany and Charles and uh, Nathan McGrew as well. If you could uh, keep us in your prayers as we're trying to recover. And hopefully we will all be able to assemble in the week to come. That is our prayer and that's our hope. Uh, we also have prayer requests for James Ledbetter as well as he's been uh, suffering some things and James has some medical issues going on I, I just ask that everyone keep him as well as Jody in your prayers uh, Miss McCoy we have spoken with Miss McCoy and she is still having some ailments with her feet her doctor is not permitting her to leave the house at this time uh, any calls and cards and words of comfort will be greatly appreciated and we want to as well remember uh, the Owlsleys and the Fulps and the Cardwells, as well as uh, Charlie and Cheryl Owen. Just some things that I feel like we need to make mention of as we have been uh, separated for some time. As well, I would like to remind you that uh, we are completed with the work of the church bylaws and as soon as we're able to meet again I will have copies of those available and we'll begin to go over those things together uh, that we may uh, see that they are sound scripturally and doctrinally and that we have done our best uh, to hedge uh, protect the church as well as a steward may be enabled by the spirit I want to remind you about that so that you can look forward to it, uh, as well as our Wednesday night prayer meeting. We haven't decided, or you will hear from us this week, about whether or not we will continue uh, to assemble this week, or if we will, uh, for reasons of health concerns, uh, meet beginning next Sunday. Hopefully one of those two things will occur and prayerfully uh, the leadership of the church will make the right decision that is both safe and glorifying to the Lord. With that being said, I would like us to open this morning with our reading passage from Matthew chapter 25. We ended uh, a couple of weeks ago on verse 13, the parable of the virgins, and now we are at verse 14, the parable of the talents. <clears throat> Excuse me. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who had received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. 
Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more, saying, Master, you have entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into joy of your master. Also, the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you have entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave, you knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed when you ought to have put my money in the bank and on my arrival I would have received my money back with interest therefore take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents for to everyone who has more shall be given and he will have an abundance but from the one who does not have even what he does have shall be taken away throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Then... He will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? He will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. That is Matthew chapter 25. This morning as you 
may know, we will continue into our study of Hebrews, and we will begin this morning with chapter 6. I would like to read to you the first verse of chapter 6. It says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Let us pray. Father who is in heaven, Lord, we come to you this morning. Lord, though we may be scattered, you have given to us this utility, Lord, by which we may uh, still hear your word proclaimed, Lord, that the church um, may see in this uh, the importance of the gathering, Lord, the assembly, that we may in it know that our Lord is teaching us, Lord, that he is walking us, that he is feeding us, Lord, that the assembly is not uh, something that we may elect of our own will to do or to ignore, God, but that it is your commandment, Lord, and that we see it as as powerful as any other command that you have given us, Lord, that we may desire it, that we may be back together, and Lord, this morning we ask that uh, you would also teach us by your word, for we know that your word is true. God, that you would sanctify us, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sin and our trespasses, Lord, that we may have love for one another like Christ has had for us. God, that you would uh, continue to mold us and shape us, Lord, as we have read even from Matthew chapter 25, that we would be good stewards of what you have given to us, Lord, that being uh, your word, your son, Lord, the message of the gospel, Lord, and any of these temporal things that we should count as uh, great earthly possessions, may we recognize that they are from you, Lord, that they are for your use, uh, Lord, that they are set apart, even themselves, as inanimate objects for your holy use, that the people of God may through it glorify and exalt and bring glory, uh, glory to the name of our great Savior. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. So as we begin to look this morning at Hebrews chapter 6, there is a title to be had with chapter 6. You may have one in your Bibles, but believe that this is about the peril of stagnation, not moving not progressing it says therefore again leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ let us press on to maturity not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God we may ask ourselves this morning what is the subject matter of this particular verse Well, we would first do well to remember that the ending of chapter 5 dealt with spiritual immaturity. That it was a great concern uh, for the people of God towards the rest of the people of God that they move from milk to meat, that they move from uh, the very elementary principles that we talk about this morning to those 
mature subjects, those deep doctrines of Christ. And it's not that one may become a more powerful Christian or that you'll reach a different level of Christianity. But the truth would be that we would understand the Christ and have a greater love for him and a greater understanding of his word. Uh, not to increase ourselves, but that he may increase and that we would decrease. And I believe that is the, the subject of chapter 5. Of there are people who have come to Christ after understanding all that we've seen from chapters 1 to chapter 5 about our Savior, that we see the divinity of Christ, not only the humanity of Christ, but we see the divinity of Christ. And then we have the warning uh, that we must remain faithful, that we would see that Christ alone is the only one who we may place our trust in because he is the only one who has truly been faithful, that we have seen he's lower than the angels, but equal with equal with the Father because He is God. We have seen the failure of those to heed the warning in chapter 3 that we make mention of those who have wandered in the wilderness. And then we have the promise of rest in chapter 4. Such a wonderful promise. Not a promise of temporal rest, but of eternal rest. It is guaranteed in Christ. And indeed, that is what the Bible is about. About revealing to us not one commandment or two commandments, but the entirety of God's command, every word breathed from the mouth of God that he has ordered for man to keep in that our love may be shown in it that if we love him, we keep his commandments, but ultimately that we would see the fulfillment of all of these things in one chapter five, great high priest Jesus Christ one who is serving in such a position appointed on behalf of men and things pertaining to God one who has been given and taken among men but is also one who is divinely appointed to such a position not to honor himself but to serve forever after the order of Melchizedek offering up gifts and sacrifices. But at the same time, our attention is being called to him who is the source of eternal salvation. That is the point in which we have ended in chapter 5, seeing that Christ is the source of eternal salvation. Now we see uh, concerning him, he is the sum and the substance of the gospel. He is the milk, he is the meat, uh, that which we are to be pressing towards spiritual maturity and then we talk about solid food we arrive at chapter 6 Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 we began like many times with the words therefore and we must ask as always what are they there for because many men have left uh so much to be gathered and gleaned from the word of God so many men have left the meat on the table in contentment with spiritual milk that we would arrive here at this verse and say that solid food is for the mature because they have been trained and their senses are are accustomed to looking for 
good and evil. And just for those who are pressing on towards the mark, this spiritual meat. But because of that, we are urged, therefore, because of this, because that there is a meat, because there is solid food, because there is heavier, weighty things concerning the Christ, because there is more to this battle of good and evil than simply understanding that Christ will win. There is more to be had. There is more that we may do in service to the Master as those who would be in the army of God that we may put on according to this maturity and according to this meat. We may put on, of course, the full armor of God that we may be prepared to go to battle, not simply sitting back because we know that we're on the winning side but this morning the word therefore leaves much to understand on behalf of those who call themselves servants of the living God this morning we are seeing that the therefore is representing those who not remain in their current state Indeed, what is happening is solid food for those who is mature is being presented as something to be desired. And if that is the case, we're being urged with the therefore to leave because there is much more to be had. There's much more to be discerned in the light of Christ. There's so much more to be understood in the person of our Savior that we must as the meat is presented as something to be desired, we must continue to search it out. We must continue this pressing on, if you will. We must see what we ought and not what we are content with, but what we ought to see. Not being any longer babes, but being those who desire beyond the milk and into the meat. It says, therefore, leaving. Leaving, in many ways, brings negative thoughts to the mind. And In fact, sometimes, leaving is not a place of comfort. And in fact, I would say that many times, the word leaving denotes getting out of your comfort zone and uh, I, I would have to contend that in this particular verse in this particular understanding of the word leaving here it does indeed signify something that we do not see as fun but it is something that is beneficial and so when we look here because of all that we have seen leaving there's something wonderful to be understood about leaving leaving denotes moving forward in the Christian life I can think of no better time when leaving looked bad than to the people of God who were captive in Egypt how they would have loved to stay and they moaned and grumbled indeed they were referenced here in the very 
last chapters of the Hebrews that we have studied. Grumbling in the wilderness. They wished that they had stayed, but it was better for them to have left. And they did not know this and they could not know it because they didn't understand that leaving meant that they were following God. Rather than to stay and seek after self. Indeed, when we leave and follow God, we are finding the best of this life and the next. But when we are stagnant and still seeking after self, we are only stumbling around in the darkness because we never find our true selves apart from Christ. Only that we are wicked, sinful, iniquitous. But that as we find Christ, as he has so sought us out, found us, leaving the 99 for the one who is in great and dire need, we see that we are not leaving as to abandon, but we are leaving as to come closer to which I think of the hymn, Closer Walk With Thee, Granted Jesus Is My Plea. This is the leaving that is described in chapter 6. Therefore, understanding that we are far from Christ at the time in which we have received milk and are looking now to move on to the maturity of the meat, we are seeing how desperately wicked we have been and what Christ is doing for us and that he is drawing us nearer nearer to the cross. And this leaving does not signify leaving that which is good, but leaving behind that which is old and bad and dead and infant to moving forward beyond these elementary principles leaving the building of the foundation after it has been completed because what more can he say than to you he has said speaking of our refuge Jesus Christ this foundation that has been laid could not come this far without such a foundation let us move let us go higher this is something that the tower of babel could never accomplish but that the word of god may do it may build you up and bring you closer to the almighty therefore we're leaving not to forsake the foundation but to build upon it what a wonderful thing letting go is what this leaving is signifying very interesting that this is something men have much hard time with the word of God here is teaching us that leaving is not always a bad thing Letting go is indeed how we began to let go of our sin and pride and self-image to seek after what is holy, the image of God. To learn to look over a transgression, that as well as letting go. To look over a man's 
ability that is actually inability and to let go of that and to trust the everlasting arms of God to trust in his will to trust in his ability to trust in his promise that is what Hebrews has been building up on so we see therefore we are leaving we are no longer standing still we are no longer this lukewarm Christian if you will but having seen the beginning of salvation having seen the beginning of eternal life having tasted and knowing according to the psalm that the Lord is good we must continue to desire to move and to leave to make this spiritual journey with our Savior. Indeed, we're talking about contentment. Not being, excuse me, content only with what we have, but what the Lord has said He is willing to give. Contentment does not just signify one who is happy with what he has, but contentment is also a futuristic idea, content with what the Lord will give, to what the Lord will purpose, to what the Lord is doing, no matter how we view the current circumstances. We must see here that leaving is not altogether bad. We must stick to this Christ and leave behind us the world that is coming to an end isn't that what we're taught about Christ that if any man is a new creature the old things are passing away not only are they passing away but the truth about the old man dying is revealed the word of God is he says, let the dead bury the dead. Leave the dead behind. Leave death behind and move into life. Move towards maturity. And that is the word this morning. Move on. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ. To which point we now ask, what is that elementary teaching? Well, it is not simply that which has been revealed in the New Testament. Of course, it cannot be said that it is not. But it is also everything that has been taught in times past. Consider that this is a Hebrew audience of people who were thought to have, because of lineage, because of ancestry been following God when indeed they had not but they had a revelation they had the supernatural revelation about the Christ hidden in the word of God unseen to the natural man to be revealed to those who truly trusted in him and there were these elementary teachings the basics if you will that were taught about the Christ even in the Old Testament these were these principles, the basics, those seemingly at one time difficult 
but easily accepted things about our Savior, the basis and foundation in which we see eternal life, that it is in Him and through Him and by Him, and that is indeed what is being combated this morning in Hebrews chapter 6. People of God would once look at their foundation as a list of things that they must complete in order to move on when the word of God is actually saying see that Christ has done them and see that Christ has fulfilled them in that seeing those things you may be moved closer to the Father closer to the Son and we begin to see how these things are progressing now we have left the basic building foundation, the box, the principles of doctrine, the beginning things that we first learned. Well, what is that? That is that Christ, Jesus, is the Christ, that He is the Messiah. Those principal understandings about who He is and what He has done, in fact, those are the basics of the gospel. And it has been said before from this pulpit and it will be said again that the gospel is simple. It's a simple gospel. Why is that? Because Christ has done it all. It's also in some ways a complex gospel because no man can lend a hand to it. No man can commend it unto himself. Therefore we have the basic principle that it is a simple gospel because it simply relies upon Christ. The good news is that He has done and this morning the good news is that He is still working. That His investment as we have seen as Lord and Savior of these talents back in our reading in Matthew is an eternal investment. An investment in which the slaves of righteousness are called to be working, maturing. Indeed, is that not is that not what investing and reaping, as he told the one who could have put it in a bank and have gained interest, it would have matured, it would have grown, it would not have stayed the same and that is what we are seeing. Let us go beyond the beginning. Therefore, let us move past the elementary basics on which everything else will be built. You must first learn to read before you may comprehend. And that is what this basis of Christian maturity is. And it says... Let us move these, leaving these elementary teachings rather about the Christ. Let us press on. I always find it interesting the choice of words. Let us. As if one is begging that something is in the way, that someone is in the way. Please let us go on. There is some element here that those who are content with spiritual milk are 
prohibiting the body from progressing. We began just a few moments ago by declaring how important the assembly is during our prayer. How important it is for us to walk and feed together. How important it is for us to to build one another up. How must we do that? It must be done with the Word of God. It can be done no other way. But indeed, there it seems that it could be that some are holding us back. And the truth is that that may be a reality. That your spiritual immaturity may be holding back the body of Christ, but the altar is true as well that the mature body of Christ ought to be encouraging you to move past to move on let us go on don't hold us back any longer message can really be applied to self each individual be convinced that you can hold yourself back and that you may hold the body back if we are all not feeding and being nourished constantly on the word of God let us go we must go we must move forward let us press on notice that the term go on is not simply enough but to press on why because it's easy to go three more steps but it's tough to go four more miles I believe that is what the pressing signifies to go on with much effort not just simply going but pressing Constantly pushing, constantly desiring to move forward in understanding and in application and active comprehension of the Word of God in the person of Christ. Let us press to press means to push more push the envelope if you will push beyond the natural comprehension into the spiritual understanding of who Christ is how can that be done unless it be by spiritual means unless we have built upon this foundation and are trusting in God to reveal his son to us and trusting in Christ to reveal himself to us in his word and this is the basis by which Hebrews begins God is revealing to man through one means through one man through this man Jesus the Christ in these last days is speaking to us through his son 
fact that letting us go on means understanding that Christ is moving us through sanctification moving us through training in the word to spiritual maturity he's carrying us closer to eternal life he's carrying us closer to the culmination of salvation that which he has finished The appeal this morning is the peril of stagnation of being or being professed to have been saved yet remaining in the same state. And the truth is that if we remain, we're not being transferred into the kingdom of light. But the text this morning is saying, be moved, leave the elementary teaching, leave the basic principles and move closer. Closer to the Savior. Closer to eternal life. Closer to the consummation. If we be truly saved, we will desire to press on because we will not be content with our current sinful state. This is the appeal that Paul has often made in his epistles. Consider his letter to the Galatians. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? You've seen the basics. How can you so soon be taken away? Why? Because there's not a pressing on. There's not a spiritual maturity. There is danger in remaining a babe. If you don't believe it, God has set forth many principles of this in nature itself. Consider the deer that when it is born in an immature state, is given certain characteristics, certain behavioral traits that protect it until maturity. Certain colors, certain spots, certain behaviors. As you would see, a small deer, when frightened, tends to stay, tends to hide, tends to, with meekness, fall down. And remain still. In the spiritual sense, this should be the Christian life. In our infancy, we're still learning and knowing that Jesus is Lord. And then as we progress and we get bigger, things change. Behaviors change. The color of the animal changes in the responses now to alert the deer stomps its foot at danger the deer blows its wind to let others know lastly 
it will flee all of the things that in its immaturity it would not do here we are being called to be trained by the word of God to discern the dangers of being stagnant Christian is always in danger when he is not constantly learning constantly seeking his king and his lord why you may ask that is the nature the prince of the power of the air to prey upon those who are weak why at the same time it is the will of God that the man of God be altered and moved from one state of glory to the next by understanding the word and what God is doing is he is preparing us for the danger to come reading the word is not simply a formality but it is the method by which God is taking his truths and applying them to those of us who are believing in him so that we may be vigilant so that we may be aware question is not whether there is or is not danger but the question is whether or not we see it therefore let us leave the elementary teaching of Christ so that we may not fall victim to sin and death let us press on to maturity let us press on to perfection perfection don't we see this with children sometimes children hate to go to school but the parent knows that it is necessary to move to some level of perfection some level of independency some level of fulfillment and that is what God is doing and commanding with his word he is saying like you would with your child so should you do with yourself press on be studious leave those elementary principles and move towards perfection move towards maturity so that you can stand and not on your own but in the marvelous light of Jesus the Christ the one who has perfected the one who is perfection God is through the person of Christ moving men the text is saying don't be planted in the concrete of the hardness of your heart thinking that it is enough to pay lip service to the gospel instead man is to be a spiritual explorer if you will not creating truth 
but discovering truth that already exists. The true deep doctrines of Christ, those things that we do not understand, they are not yet to be fulfilled, but they are yet to be discovered by the Christian, by the follower of Christ. He has already done it all. He's willing to give knowledge of that. And we are called to cling to it, to cleave as a husband and wife to their spouse. We're to cling to Christ and He is not a stagnant Christ. He's a moving Christ. Let us move in strength, gain in spiritual wisdom, gain in discernment and that is what we are being called to from chapter 5 to chapter 6 the discernment of Christ let us move and persevere and set our minds to in our action let whatever we do be for Christ in 1st Timothy Paul says, I'm thankful to Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief and the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. talking about what God has done to move him from the foundations from the elementary principles in his ignorance and his unbelief and what he is doing to save sinners this is why Paul would say to those who are being saved the truth about being saved that we must Move on to perfection. How can you expect to be perfected when you die if you are not changing this side of heaven? The appeal is not to the man to change himself, but to the man to be submissive and obedient to the word of God that it may do the changing. That is proven. As it says, let us press on to maturity not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Not laying a foundation of repentance from dead works. It's not a work that you can do, Christian. It's not a work that man has ever done lest it be the man who is God, Jesus Christ. The the ideas that the Old Testament was not teaching about doing simply things that may make you a Christian, but that being a Christian, Christ is making you do things that you ought to do. He is bringing you into submission. We're pressing on towards perfection, not laying again 
foundation of repentance from dead works. The works that you used to do were dead works. The works that you will do now are signs, are evidences of a true faith. Faith that does not rest on the ability of man, but rests upon the promises of God. Rests upon the ability of God to progress and to move and to sanctify the Christian by his word. The danger is that if we not progress, maybe we be found in dead works. Repentance is, of course, necessary. But it must be repentance of everything done apart from Christ. Every effort, every thought, every motive, every desire. These are two principles that were necessary and still remain necessary. Repentance from dead works and faith towards God. Two of which we mustn't quickly forget, but we must not remain on. Yes, it is wonderful to repent of dead works and it's wonderful to express faith toward the living God, but if we never move beyond there, we are indeed not progressing. We are indeed not moving from the elementary teachings and we are not maturing and we are not learning from our lesson. We simply have looked at the outline. The truth is that repentance is wonderful faith is wonderful but is it causing dead man to move are the principles described here and those that will be described next week are they simply large boulders in your way or are they stepping stones to Christ those stones that are building us up bringing us higher and higher closer walking with thee O Lord are they Stumbling stones, rocks of offense. Believe that the Word of God this morning is instructing us not about simply what we must do, but the evidence of what God is doing as men and women desire to meet with Him in His Word. Not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, but to meet with Him. 
to do the job that is set before us. To bring ourselves into submission and obedience. And you know, not to make light of it, but there's an analogy of that even in work. That that we go to work, we begin at the bottom, and as we get better and better, we're moved to higher positions. Not that you can become a more important Christian, but there will be more and more entrusted to you as we have read in chapter 25 of Matthew this morning. But it's not for you. It's for the sake of the employer. The King of heaven, the Lord of lords. It's for his sake that we may be moved from the beginning and perfected until the end. Let us this day truly repent of dead works and truly express faith toward God and let us move on to the deeper, richer intricacies of our Savior. Let us pray. Well, dear God, we come to you this morning, Lord, not to make light of the elementary principles of faith, of trusting in Christ, but Lord, let us be great and mighty men of our Savior. Lord, let not our names be remembered in the spiritual battles of today, but let the name of our Savior reign on high. Lord, when the victory is won, let not the name of mere men be shouted from any voice. But Lord, may the credit and the honor and the glory be given to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, by your will, your power, and your spirit, allow us to be molded into the image of our Savior this day. Lord, let us move from spiritual immaturity to maturity Lord let us make the transition from milk to meat Lord let us encourage one another let us be satisfied but never content Lord knowing that there is more to be had of our Savior and his precious word Lord, prepare for us a field of grazing in your word. Prepare for us a nourishment for the battles of today, Lord, and for the fights of tomorrow. That Christ would be exalted and that his kingdom would be proclaimed until his coming. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.